This is a Soul Fire production. Hi, this is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, executive coach, performance consultant, and host of the Do I Dare podcast. If you're a leader who wants to inspire, empower, and raise the leadership bar, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Here you will get access to powerful yet practical solutions that elevate your performance and dissolve roadblocks. Do you dare to lead in a way that moves the needle and scales the impact? Yeah? Then let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Do I Dare podcast, episode three. In the first couple episodes, I dedicated that time to time, how to organize it, prioritize it, and create a rhythm for it. The new year is always a great opportunity for realigning time with your ambitions. And I don't know about you, but I, for one, am thrilled to be face to calendar with 2021. I just finished watching President Biden's inauguration and feel like this huge weight has been lifted. I'm coming out of some sort of leadership funk, I think, one that's been building up over the last four years. It's amazing the impact that leaders have on their people, right? They truly do determine our weather, how safe we feel, how we view the future, and the role we think we can play in that future. They redefine the human experience for us, don't they? I consider myself fiscally conservative and socially liberal. These days, I'm not quite sure what party that aligns me to. All I know is that what I experienced over the last four years was definitely not me. Thus, the funk. Although many hope that the massive issues we face will be resolved in 2021, Several of you have been sharing sentiments about being stuck in the emotions and attitude that saturated most of 2020. Feelings of defeat, sadness, maybe frustration with not being able to make enough progress, or an overall feeling of being stuck in a rut. Even in the light of the big issues that surround us, there are still things that we can do to reinvent ourselves and begin anew. This episode is dedicated to those of you who are feeling stuck or in an unproductive routine, or simply frustrated with your current circumstances. In the words of that incredible uh, poet laureate, Amanda Gorman, who spoke at President Biden's inauguration, she wrote, For there is always light if we are only brave enough to see it, if we are only brave enough to be it. If you have not heard this incredible 22-year-old speech from the inauguration, it is must-see TV. I posted a link for you in the episode notes. I think she is our future for sure. Okay, back to you and your rut. First things first, you've got to notice that you're in a rut, that you're stuck. Does every day feel the same? Do you lack ambition or motivation to do what used to interest you? Are you bored or feeling unfulfilled? Do you think you need a change, but you just can't quite muster up either the confidence or the energy to do so? What's falling into that rut? Is it projects that you're working on, your finances, maybe your relationship, romantic or otherwise? Is it that you think you simply don't have enough time to do what you want to do? Has your health been threatened? Have you simply become complacent and can't quite figure out how to switch it up in a way that will matter? Now, there's a huge difference between being stuck in a rut and having clinical depression or worse. And the ability to diagnose the latter is far above my pay grade. Research seems to point out the difference being longevity of the feeling. 
So if you have chronic stress, chronic anxiety, or chronic exhaustion, uh, maybe pay attention to this next part because the key word in all of these rut types is the word chronic. Your situation might be more significant than just being in a rut. Our bodies don't thrive in chronic states. So if that's you, please take care of yourself. Have compassion for yourself and consider speaking to someone about it. I put a couple of resources in the show notes for those of you who might benefit. This is a time to surround yourself, ourselves, with community and love. Again, check out the show notes for a few resources. For those of you who truly think this is just a rut, perhaps induced by the conditions of COVID or the political climate or the racial divide or social media or your economic state, could go on and on about the past year. Keep listening to hopefully get inspired to start anew. To me, this is all about interruption and disruption. Some people might think of this as the trite advice to just snap out of it. Again, if this is true depression, that is just not possible. But if it is a temporary, self-induced form of a rut, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this episode. How do you recognize and react to the conditions that keep you in this rut? And more importantly, how do you get yourself out of it? So let's just unpack that a little bit. This concept of interrupt and disrupt is what I always have in the back of my mind if I'm sensing that I might be in some sort of stalled state. Let's talk about interrupt first. Can you interrupt your unproductive thoughts or behaviors or actions or recollections? And can you disrupt your routines, your patterns, your habits, your approaches, your behaviors, and so forth? Interrupt and disrupt. Interrupt the way your brain is approaching your life's patterns. Disrupt the way you actually act out your life. The brain is exceptionally powerful. I'm reminded of this great quote by John Milton in his book, Paradise Lost. He says, The mind, as its own place and in itself, can make heaven of hell and hell of heaven. And when we fall into these sorts of ruts, we're approaching and thinking and making meaning of circumstances that perhaps might not be true. In Sean Aker's book called The Happiness Advantage, one I'd recommend you, you pick up if, if this kind of stuff interests you, he unpacks this hypothesis on how happiness can give your brain and your organization a competitive advantage. Now, full disclosure, I tend to believe that one can strive for fulfillment and bump into happiness along the way. I think it's unrealistic to be happy all the time, although I quite enjoy that myself. Um, it's that unattainable goal that has many people walking around in a funk. So instead of aiming for a constant happiness, really look for fulfillment with the assumption that if you are indeed fulfilled, happiness will come along for the ride. If you're stuck in a rut, swirling, feeling like you're on a bit of a hamster wheel, my assumption is that you're just not feeling very fulfilled. You're not thinking that the things you're working on, exposed to, involved with, are actually bringing you a sense of joy. So let's see what we can do about that. If you don't change the patterns of thought or behavior, your rut will continue. Another book I'd recommend if you're into this sort of thing is Hardwiring Happiness by Rick Hansen. 
In his book, he lays out some antidote experiences aimed to help his reader kind of reimagine their future. For example, he counters disappointment with gratitude, failure with learning, frustration with small wins, boredom or empathy with being present. It's all about kind of reframing your mind or your perspective to get you unstuck. Now, I've always been a seeker, curious about most things. So for me, it's rather natural to switch it up, to try new things, to recognize when I need to change and then do something about that. I even remember in um, grad school, I was going home for a weekend and shopping at a mall with a friend. Things were fine, but I could definitely feel the need to switch it up a little bit. So we passed one of those mall-based hair salons, one that I typically would not frequent, quite frankly, and saw that they accepted walk-ins. I asked my friend if she had a spare hour and told her I just needed to do something with my hair, and she agreed to join me. So I sat in the chair. The hairdresser opens with a typical, so what are you thinking? And uh, she, I think, thought I was going to request a trim. And instead, I pointed to a picture of Demi Moore's pixie cut that was so popular in the 90s and asked her if she could just remove the eight inches of hair it would take for me to actually get that look. And the look of sheer terror in her eyes at my request was all I needed to feel more confident in my decision. I was bored. I was stuck. And I almost needed to shock myself out of it, so to speak. So it was a fashion dopamine boost of sorts. Now, this might seem an extreme example, of course, for some, but it wasn't an uncommon one for me. I've done that with my hair over a dozen times since, always knowing that the change I was making was only temporary, unless I chose it to not be. If you can figure out how to activate that reward center of your brain just enough to connect to a few neural pathways, your rut will dissolve and a clearer, more meaningful path can appear. As another example, and a more personal one at that, and some of you listening might know this story, I was diagnosed with breast cancer about two years ago, and I cheekily refer to it as a touch of cancer. It's not to make light of it. That was just my way of putting it into perspective. It was small, they caught it early, and it was deemed to be fully treatable. And if you have cancer, mine was definitely the kind to get. Nonetheless, the work involved in cancer threw me off my game. I had to pause work I loved. I had to heal from a major surgery. I found myself in bed more than at cheer competitions and hockey games and, quite frankly, the dinner table. And I dreaded the effort needed to make the daily trips to the radiation room for those 40 days. It had me lost. In hindsight, I think I had a combination of depression and what was the ruddiest of ruts. Again, cancer is extremely serious. Don't get me wrong at all. And it goes without saying that those with it, have the full right to feel anything they need to feel to get through it. But I didn't want to stay with those feelings any longer than I needed to. Thus, my restlessness began, and my search to get unstuck was ignited. On my last day of treatment, my oncologist sat back in his chair and said, we need to talk about your ongoing care. A huge shout out to, I think, one of the best oncologists in the country, Dr. Siegel from Advocate Aurora. I assumed he was going to say, Kim, you need to walk your dogs, lose some weight, evolve your lifestyle. Knowing that excess weight, sugar, stress, and wine have all been known to contribute to the growth of many forms of cancer, especially mine, that all sounded reasonable. And I was anticipating those to be his next words. Instead, he pushed this pamphlet 
across his desk and started talking about this triathlon that he wanted me to consider. It was joining a team that would actually prepare me to participate in this triathlon. This program, it turns out, was offered about once a year, and it guided 60 female cancer patients and survivors through a 12-week training program, where the finale is indeed an actual sprint triathlon. My first reaction to him was, have you met me? Those of you who have would know that I would much rather run my mouth than my legs. I wasn't sure about it um, and remained curious and agreed to take a call from the program director that very next day. Full disclosure, I was deep under the covers of my bed, suffering from full-on fatigue as I was trying to listen to what this program director had to say about the program. The events of the previous five months had just made an impact on me, and I hated it. Ilka, the program director, gushed about the program. She used words like life-changing and community and a new path to wellness and all things, again, that sounded great if I could only get out of my funk long enough to hear it. This gal indeed could sell ice to a penguin. And I asked if I could simply think about it long enough to make a decision that I assumed would be no. She said, of course, you could think about it, but we start on Monday, so I'm going to need an answer pretty quick. Thus, I said yes, and the journey began. Now, I've done some pretty amazing things in my life, but this by far would be in the top five. If you want to read more about my journey, there's a series of blogs on my website that will put you right in the center of all the crazy action. For almost 12 or I think it might have been 13 weeks, I worked out six days a week, half of that time with the other group participants. I trained and practiced and grew along 59 of the most amazing women uh, I had ever met. Most courageous, brave, all of them in some form of either cancer or recovery from. And then together, we competed in a triathlon on July 28th, 2019. And voila, I was out of my rut. I had created a new perspective for myself. I adopted new routines, mostly around fitness. I widened my community and I made lifelong friends. It was exceptional. There's no other word to describe that. It was just purely exceptional. Now, I'm not necessarily recommending that you join a triathlon team, unless, of course, that's what you need to do. There are all sorts of ways to jump in to a new routine, to start a new level of energy or turn your attitude, or perhaps create a different headset in general. So get your pencils or your e-notepad ready, because the rest of this segment will be chocked full of ideas and strategies aimed to get you unstuck, renewed, refreshed, and heading in the direction of your dreams. Let's start with your health. That tends to be where I start these days, and based on all that's going on around us, you might benefit from it too. If you're an active person, terrific. Maybe now's the time to switch it up a bit. Join a team or a league or simply invite a friend to join you for a walk or a ride or a run, whatever it is you're into. If you're a runner, try biking. If you're a swimmer, try climbing. I've participated in a couple virtual COVID-safe duathlons where I train with others virtually and compete by myself. I upload my data from my iWatch as evidence and consider that to be a win. Just stay active and do it differently. If you're not very active, 
or your entire routine has been broken because your gym is closed or you can no longer access the fitness center in your workplace, just rethink your problem. If you have fitness equipment collecting dust in your basement, move it to your living room. Maybe temporarily until you adopt a new routine or permanently if running on the treadmill while you binge watch your favorite episodes keeps you motivated. There are no rules here. You decide what's helpful for you. For example, Peloton is offering a 60-day free trial of their online classes. No bike or treadmill required. Try to take advantage of stuff like that well before swimsuit season. I've also downloaded fitness classes on my kids' Xbox. One of my favorites is Tracy Anderson. Maybe you simply need to schedule your commitment. Make an obligation of sorts to keep you motivated. Schedule a walk with a friend. Send a note out to neighbors asking who else might be in need of a boost themselves. And create a walking group. For those of you who find yourself in phone meetings all day long, like I do, try to find one meeting that can be conducted in motion. There are enough phone apps these days that can record the conversation, dictate the actions, and keep you on track, even if you aren't in front of your computer. If your meeting is for 60 minutes, perhaps you only are active for 30 of those minutes, and then return to your computer to cover the items that require keyboard contact. Again, be sure you pick an activity where it's safe to concentrate on the content of the meeting. Ensure that this new format is agreed upon by those involved in the meeting. I remember being on one call with several individuals and a question was posed to my colleague and she breathlessly tried to answer the question, causing a bit of concern for the rest of us. She eventually admitted that she had been on mute and on the treadmill uh, throughout our conversation. That didn't necessarily land very well with a group who was trying to solve a problem in this particular case. Let's switch and talk about nutrition. Perhaps you haven't been eating well, and if you work at home full-time now, like most of us, the thought of constructing yet one more meal has you almost vying for a hunger strike. So let's just think through some things that you could do to get out of that rut and get back to a bit of a healthier view or perspective of your nutrition. If you have a few extra bucks, you could hire someone to come in and make a few meals for you, maybe some that you could simply warm up throughout the week. There's a great app called, uh, I think it's called Neighbor Next Door, where you might be able to put a shout out to a stay-at-home mom who happens to love to cook and might be able to fit you into her weekly routine. Many of these services not only cook for you, but they are willing to shop for the ingredients. They might even be willing to make the food Uh, right within your home if you're okay with that. And it might not be as expensive as you think. And it doesn't need to be a regular thing either. Do it often enough to give yourself a break. You could do the shopping in the bulk and batching of meals. You could on Sunday try to uh, uh, create a rhythm with maybe your kids where you do all of your shopping and then you Get all of your vegetables cleaned and chopped and stored in containers and then take from those bins throughout the week. That's what we do at our house. We take from those bins and create fresh salads, stir fry, side dishes. We only commit to making the protein fresh. I tried to have a few frozen meals on stock for our busiest of times. Admittedly, I was much better at doing that when uh, I traveled a lot. I might try to start to create that habit once again. But do what makes sense for you. Do what time allows you to do and try to figure out what that might do to 
again, free up your time to focus on other things that you love doing. Don't forget about all those meal delivery type services where meals are prepackaged according to your tastes, or you can have the ingredients in a recipe delivered to your home. This takes some of the thinking out of meal prep and creates something new and novel for dinner for many folks. I think there are companies like uh, HelloFresh, Blue Ribbon, Home Chef, Green Chef. They deliver kits to your door and as often as you'd like. Their meals are healthy and proportioned and will save you time. Again, it's not as expensive as you think, and you might not need to do it very often. Just enough to jumpstart a new routine. Maybe the concern or the rut you have is with your finances. And this is such a tough one for folks these days. Sometimes fear puts us into a rut, right? Well, if your finances are the culprit, think through what you could do to get a handle on that. First, you need to know what you're dealing with. So take a couple of hours to get yourself organized and educated on your current situation. If you have a significant other, this is definitely a project to do together. You can seek guidance in the way of a financial advisor or tune into somebody like Dave Ramsey. I happen to like him a lot, who has a terrific podcast, newsletter, radio show. I think he's got a bunch of books out. He's got a class you can take, Peace University. I think it's called Financial Peace University. I did that one through my church with my husband, and uh, we found it to be extremely helpful. Head over to your local library and check out a couple books on this subject. There are endless experts willing to share their knowledge. Take a friend out to coffee who happens to work in the financial industry. Ask them for their advice. Do the envelope challenge. My kids are all over that stuff. There are different versions of that going on. You can either Google it or check out the episode notes, and I can give you a link to a couple of ideas that might help or might be interesting uh, to you. Do something that helps you seeing progress with regard to your finances and helps you get out of that rut, or maybe just a little bit further away from the worry of your finances. Let's shift and talk about relationships. It goes without saying that you should seek people who bring you pure joy people who can give you a good belly laugh when it's most needed, and those who take an interest in what matters to you. I know it's difficult for folks to get together these days, so try to get creative. I have a group of uh, high school girlfriends who I just adore and always enjoy spending time with. That used to be in the form of a happy hour, and now with COVID, we've evolved our time to being over Zoom and drinks. We try to book a conversation every eight to 12 weeks or so. Uh, it's always great to talk to them, catch up with them, hear about what's going on. And I can definitely feel the moment I end the Zoom call that my mood is lighter, my perspective is brighter. And again, I just uh, feel like my motivation shifts. Because I work out of my home full-time and connection is important to me, I try to schedule at least a couple hours each week to just connect with friends and colleagues that I haven't been able to catch up with in a while. It's a chance to break from my routine, to connect with people who matter to me. And it's a terrific way to get a dopamine boost, get re-energized. My husband and I were committed to Thursday date nights for the longest time. And admittedly, that too has fallen by the wayside during this year of COVID. Like many couples, we've found ourselves in a bit of a relationship rut. So when the rut is co-owned, Work together to find a way out. The burden doesn't have to just be placed on one partner, but it might take one partner to make the rut obvious to the other. The guidance is the same. Change your routine or create a routine. 
Reignite a hobby that you enjoy together. Get healthy together. Find a new TV show to binge watch together. Anything that will help you re-energize, re-spark your relationship and get back on the intended course. If from a relationship perspective, you're fallen into a rut because you haven't quite found your people, so to speak, then let that search begin. Start with what you're interested in. Low risk would be to attend a webinar or class, to be amongst people who share a similar interest. Maybe a higher commitment would be to volunteer for a passionate cause or join an athletic team or a club. If you love animals, volunteer at a shelter. If you're a secret artist, investigate your local community college for a class that suits you. If you're a natural and compassionate caregiver, volunteer at a hospice facility or the NICU of your local hospital or a community-based organization focused on something that matters to you. I uh, love this book by, um, I think it's by Shonda Rhimes. It's called The Year of Yes. And it was her commitment to say yes to everything that came her way as a way of exposing her to something new and novel. I loved the spirit of that book and the stories that she shared. So again, if this is something that you need to just think through a little differently, feel free to, uh, to download that book. Again, Shonda Rhimes, Year of Yes is the name of it. Maybe work has you in a bit of a rut. If the rut you feel is um, based on the projects that you're exposed to, maybe the conditions under which you work, et cetera, just do a deep dive on why you might feel that way. Is it your role? Maybe the team you're on, maybe the routine you've fallen into. Maybe it's your space, your home office. Maybe it's the fact that you have to now be on eight to nine to 10 hours of Zoom calls every day. Video ready, sound up. That is exhausting for the best of us. Perhaps this is a time to engage your manager, ask to be put on an exciting new project or acquire a new expertise, or perhaps ask to roll off of a project or sunset a project that's run its course. Seek out a new mentor. Get with a group of peers or colleagues who might be feeling the same way and just kind of talk through what it is you're sensing or experiencing and seeing if groupthink could help you find a different path forward. Research a new role, maybe a new role at a different company, and speak to others about your qualifications for that role. Find out if there might be a gap you need to close before you actually apply or go for it. Attend an industry conference or a general leadership conference. There's a whole bunch that I love. Feel free to drop me a note and I'll send you a couple ideas. Uh, try to gain or, or expand your network. Conduct some best practice sharing sessions with a company that you admire a lot and lead that effort for your team and perhaps ignite a spark in them as well. Take an online course to deepen a skill set that you have maybe always wanted to learn. And you could try to also do the ultimate and go back to school and obtain an advanced degree if your interest is high and your schedule allows. Let's say your rut is just rather general and you're just not quite sure what it is that got you there or what you could do to get yourself back on a productive track. This is where I commit to learning something new. This tends to be my go-to when I find myself in a lull. Again, I tend to be rather natural at this now, but it wasn't always that way. I used to make this commitment to myself annually on my birthday. I'd make a list of things that looked interesting to me and I'd find a way to commit to it. Over the years, I've learned to play guitar. I've taken up rock climbing. I've learned to decorate cakes. Um, I've learned to sew, took a painting course, 
travel to different places I thought were interesting. The list goes on and on. I no longer wait for my birthday to make such commitments. If I see something that might be interested, I simply just begin. If you haven't checked out this uh, tool called Masterclass, this might be an interesting way for you to start. I uh, actually purchased a subscription for my husband for Christmas. They've got a, a session on dog training on there. We have three Siberian Huskies that are a handful. And I thought uh, he might enjoy learning something new about them through this course. I'm now encouraging our whole family to take advantage of it. So the concept is, for those of you who don't know about uh, masterclass.com, and the concept is you uh, can learn from these experts, like uber experts in different areas of uh, skill, behavior, talent, and so forth. So for example, you can learn to cook a meal from Gordon Ramsay. You can learn about photography from Annie Leibovitz. You can learn about chess strategies from Gary Kasparov. That one's on my list, by the way. Dog training I mentioned already. I am uh, obsessed with the uh, different classes on writing. This is the year I write my book. So learning from folks like Margaret Atwood or Malcolm Gladwell and so forth has just been fascinating. How they structure their story, how they think about their stories. Again, all learning from other people kind of inspires this sense of newness and wonder, uh, especially when you're stuck or in a lull. So do something that helps you switch up the way you approach the things that are important or matter to you. Ooh, that was a lot, right? Especially if you were in a lull and are looking for ways to snap out of that lull. So as a recap, if you're stuck in a rut, Think about interrupting your thoughts and disrupting your routines. Again, I'll say it. Interrupting your thoughts and disrupting your routines. Put things in your path that help you reinvent the way you think about your life or the way you do your life. This could be something as as small as changing up your morning routine or as significant as taking a new class or joining a community of like-minded people. Regardless of what you do, start small and start now. I've put a dozen or so of the resources I've mentioned throughout this podcast in the show notes. As always, reach out if I can support you in any other way. I can't wait to hear how you changed it up to begin anew, if you dare. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Can't wait to engage with you in the next episode of the Do I Dare podcast. Bye for now.